This is our third session now on Ephesians 3, 14 to 19, which is Paul's second long prayer in Ephesians. And what I would like to do is get the overview. What's the one main thing that he's really praying for? The prayer is very complex, and yet I think if we could step back, like I'm going to try to do now, and take it in its large sections, we can get the clear idea of what's it all about? What's the one main thing he's concerned about? So, Father, as I try to do that, I pray that we would be faithful to Paul's intention of what he's praying for them, and I believe indirectly for us, and that it would become true for us, that this prayer would be a reality in our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom the whole family, in heaven and on earth, across the centuries, those who've died, those who are still alive, in one great family called the children of the Father. And here's the beginning of the prayer. That, according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you, and then, number one, that you be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner person. That, now, we have to decide, and we'll come back and argue for this, whether that is a, a, uh, that which follows as a result from the first one, that you be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, with the result that Christ may dwell in your hearts, or whether it's a second that. So, may grant you, one, that you be strengthened, two, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Now, that's what I'm going to argue for, so just hold that in your mind now that we'll have to come back and see that as one of the details that we are going to have to talk about. But right now, my understanding is he's praying that according to the riches of the glory of God, two things would happen. One, that you would be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner person. And the way that happens is Christ dwells in your hearts through faith. And then comes this participial clause that seems to dangle, and you wonder, does it modify this direction? Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, you being rooted and grounded in love, or does it modify in this direction? You being rooted and grounded in love will be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. Now, it's it's awkward both ways for reasons you can't see <laughs> in Greek. This is a nominative, and there's nothing back here for it to agree with. And this henna, this in order that here, seems to put this out of place. You, you wish it were over here, right? But I think Paul put it in the middle here, intending us to make it part of this argument. So that's the way I'm going to read it, and then we'll come and talk. We'll talk more about that later. So, in order that 
being rooted and grounded in love, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. So, so far, he's praying that they would be strengthened with power in the inner person. And that to that end, or as a way for that to happen, Christ would be dwelling in your hearts by faith, and thus you would be rooted and grounded in love, and thus you would be able, because you've got this strength, you would be able to comprehend. So the ultimate prayer so far then is to comprehend, understand, grasp with all the saints what is breadth, length, height, depth, and then he doesn't tell us of what. So I'm going to argue that it is to know the love of Christ. That is, it's the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of the love of Christ. And he just adds, and to know as emphasis, to know the breadth, to know the length, to know the height, to know the depth of the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. So the whole thing so far is, oh God, grant us strength to be able to comprehend the love of Christ in its fullness that surpasses knowledge. And then the final, in order that, the final purpose, in order that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And evidently, being filled with the fullness of God is experienced as this knowing of the love of Christ in its breadth and length and height and depth. That's the fullness. The fullness of God is in the breadth and length and height and depth of Christ and his knowledge. So my conclusion is that if you take the whole thing and say, what's the the one thing that is being asked for here? It is that we might be filled, Jew and Gentile, in one family of God, might be filled with all the fullness of God experienced as Christ dwelling in our hearts, enabling us to comprehend the breadth and length and height and depth of his love that is so great, it surpasses knowledge, and therefore it takes a miracle to know it. So we come back and we have lots of work to do. If there ever was experiential Christianity, this is it.